name is Bretton Phillips. I have case number 17-8890 in the Supreme Court of the United States against President Trump. Hi, I'm Justin Dyer, and I'm creating this podcast to show off my friends. These are people who fascinate me. These are people who inspire me. These are people that I am grateful to call friends. Thank you for joining this first podcast episode. Bretton Phillips versus Donald Trump. Voice to Inspire presents fascinating friends with, with fantastic, fantastic facts. With fantastic facts. When I was scrolling through my Facebook newsfeed, I saw a post from a college fraternity brother that I found interesting. And that it's actually as of today, July 7th. Uh, my birthday is pending and active. Breton and I are having a conversation about his court case that is in front of the Supreme Court. You know, God has an interesting thing to do in life, you know. Uh, but yeah, well, so, so, uh, so yeah, so, so definitely it starts with God. Uh, 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 the short of it was I was born. Massa, y'all right there, buddy? Yeah, she's good. Breton and I went on to discuss his battles with mental illness and the depression that he experienced after a divorce forced him to face his own demons. One of the tools that Breton learned to use to cope with his emotions and to heal just happened to be writing poetry. Well, um, I was in the Social Security uh, Ticket to Work program maybe three years ago, and uh, I signed up for it and uh, tried asking for different ways to... Um, uh, gain employment, and, and one of the um, things that came up was I needed to be a better writer because I didn't write very well. So Breton started writing, and he got some help, some coaching, and he practiced, and soon enough, he was submitting poems to the New York Times. And then, before you know it, he's writing speeches for politicians. But something made Breton want to take a stand against Trump. And it wasn't anything necessarily that Trump did. It was just this way he had about doing them. And it's fear-based. It's not based in love. You know, love... Um, uh, love's messy sometimes, but um, it's the only thing that matters to me or that's real. So I figured, okay, the best way for Trump to know it, the only way I can get through, because, yes, I did send him a... Uh, I call it the Hallelujah poem. I did try and call the White House. I tried all sorts of things to get through, but nothing would. So I said, well, it's time for tough love. So I, I wrote out my case. So um, Breton gets to work on his case, his tough love for Donald Trump. So then I went through, and there are things called uh, prayers for relief. And, and that's, that's like, okay, wh what can I seek as a citizen? Like, What is he basing this claim on? Uh, I love that the court calls them prayers. And it's kind of fitting they're called prayers, right? But again, what is this based on? Uh, bribery by only the Trump organization during the presidency. I went farther in the uh, obstruction of justice by firing James Comey. Uh, a little bit further and deeper with uh, failure to ensure domestic tranquility, which is probably the most hard-hitting one uh, for new precedents. So Breton's making a legal case against Donald Trump. But... If you can't already tell, based on his definition of law, this is more about love. I, I don't like identifying with people I don't like, but I've got to do it. Being empathetic with the person he's making a case against? Wow. 
I got to know more about this. Trump kind of reminded me of myself in instances when I was not being helpful to my neighbor. Easiest way to put it. Breton is seeking the psychological analysis of the mental health of President Trump. After Breton and I decided to end our conversation so he could finish walking his dog, we got back on another call. Here's where we pick up. Breton, at this point, has no idea how to make his case, much less thinks that it's going to make it to the Supreme Court. He has no real background in law, but he did take a law class in college. And we went over the different types of law. We first talked about uh, natural laws, like, uh, you know, maybe gravity is an example. You can't ignore it. It's always there. Then you have, uh, like, laws of society, um, which it's not laws written by society, but laws of society. So, for instance, uh, we may have saw some of that in the Trump case play out on Friday in Britain. You had, like, maybe it was Thursday, but you had all these protesters amassing on the streets, basically saying, uh, we don't like Big Orange, and I'll just use Big Orange as, uh, you know, that, that can be my target name for Trump. I'll call him Big Orange. So, uh, you know, the society just says, no, we don't like Big Orange. And uh, uh, so, so that's kind of playing out. And, uh, and then the other laws that you may think of are, uh, uh, you know, laws that, are, that, a, that a culture respects. And then from there, you go to laws that, um, you know, a culture just being a household, what they hold dear, and then maybe a religious group. And then you get to the laws that are written. Um, and my definition of law is trying to describe what love is. The idea of law to promote love rather than hate or judgment seems to turn the idea of law enforcement on its head. And maybe that's what Breton's going for. Maybe that's what calls him. But it fascinates me. And here's why. He defines law in the measure of love. I don't know if I quite grasp this yet. My definition of law is trying to describe what love is. Like, that's what good laws do. They try to lead a society back to love. Like, um, and I'm not trying to make any sort of statement about our current um, incarceration rates. I, I, actually, I will. I think it's appalling. So with that idea in your head, let's get back to the case. Um, when the case, when I had that vision of, or that picture in my head of, wow, America could get really dark, I need to do my part. You know, I got to have a little bit of courage and just do what I can do. So I, uh, you know, the high ego part of me went straight to the um, Supreme Court for the state of Tennessee. And I talked to uh, the clerk their clerk's office there, and, uh, and they said, well, actually, you need to go to the federal building, and I was like, okay, so I walked across the street to the federal building, and, uh, uh, the, you know, they let me pass security, uh, you know, um, and I went up to the clerk's office, and uh, I asked for a, a form, and they gave me, a, like, a three-page deal, and uh, I just hand-wrote it. I didn't even type it up or put it in any fancy, you know, um, 
legal format. I just hand wrote it. And then I turned it back in and went downstairs to the, um, the automatic teller. I got out uh, 400 bucks. So then I got back on the elevator and went up eight floors and handed over that. And I got a, a ticket showing that I had paid the $400 for the filing fee. And I got a copy of the case. And I got the most important thing, and that was the stamp. The stamp means received. And uh, so that means the case started. So now that there is a properly filed case and it's paid for and it's received and it's officially started, well, what's next? And um, one of the things I had to do was uh, serve the president. And since I didn't have money for a courier service, um, I decided to go to Washington, D.C. So I went to the post office, um, flew home, back to Nashville, and uh, just kind of sitting around. I don't know where I was, but I got a call. And I picked up the phone, said hello, and it said, this is the Pentagon, and this is such and such. I don't remember the guy's name, but he said, uh, what's in the envelope? Uh, and I said... I said, oh, um, it has um, my case against Trump. And he says, okay, well, we'll open it up and then we'll send it to him. Or we'll, no, we'll, we will, maybe, I don't think he said serve, but we will give it to him directly. And I'm like, okay. So when that happened, maybe about 10 seconds after the phone call ended, I had a thought that that was expressing a feeling of O-S-H-I-T. And I know it seems like we just began, and it's true, we did. But I want to keep these episodes short and sweet. Well, they're not that short, but they're long enough for us to get a good grasp of something we can hold on to for the day. And then leave us hungry for a little bit more. So on the next episode, we're going to explore how Breton takes his anxiety and he turns it around into positive energy. And he faces his fear yet again. Because um, as of right now in the story... We have no idea how Breton gets his case into the Supreme Court. So we've got a lot more to learn. Hope you've enjoyed this first episode. And I'm looking forward to delivering you episode number two. It's fascinating friends with, with fantastic, fantastic facts. Fantastic facts. With fantastic facts.